The Lot Teaser Making serious a lot easier This podcast is powered by Faria de Oliveira Advogados. Apparently, Kim Kardashian is not the only one to go all legal. That's right! Another celebrity that will be heading to court is Jay-Z. This has nothing to do with Queen B, okay? Jay-Z is a famous rapper who decided to sue the state of Mississippi. Last week, he filed a lawsuit at the United States District Court Northern District of Mississippi Greenville Division due to the situation of danger that inmates are going through in the Mississippi prisons. Only in the past five weeks, five inmates have died as a result of prison violence. It is alleged that prisons are unstaffed and neglected since the state has failed to fund its own prisons, periling inmates' lives as well as their constitutional rights, more precisely, the Eighth Amendment of the United States Constitution, which prohibits the infliction of cruel and unusual punishment. One of the maximum security prisons, the Parchment State Penitentiary, has only one quarter of the correction officer that he actually needs where, in 2020, already three men have died, and the year has just begun. Let's not forget the unsanitary conditions as well. Therefore, plaintiffs incarcerated in the mansion prison are seeking immediate relief from these constitutional violations. It is also alleged that the defendants, Commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Correction and the Superintendent of the Mississippi State Penitentiary, since they are responsible to manage and control the correctional system and to manage Parchment State Penitentiary operations, respectively, have both failed their duties. Big time. Violated state and federal law. Fortunately, there are people that actually care. You know what they say, don't talk to strangers. The 13th Chamber of Private Law of the São Paulo Court of Justice, in Brazil, sentenced a financial institution to pay damages to a consumer who had his credit card cloned inside the bank. How did this happen? Well. The credit card owner gave his credit card and PIN code to his wife in order her to manage their bank transactions. However, she was target of a sham and got his card cloned when she inserted it in the bank's machine, believing that the men helping her were in fact bank employees. It is important to mention that Brazil has one of the most complete and pro-consumer legislation in the world. Although the bank alleged that the card owner violated his duty to keep and protect his card when he gave it to his wife, the court said that the bank was wrong to use that argument, since both were married for 49 years in a universal community of property, which means that when they got married, their present and future property belonged to both. Also, the bank did not provide the surveillance footage 
and the fraudulent act happened inside the bank. Plus, the court, according to the Brazilian Consumer Code, stated that since the bank should provide a safe environment, and in this case failed, the bank has to pay damages to the card owner due to arguments such as third-party fault and first majeure, aka external facts regardless of the human will, do not exclude the bank's liability and responsibility because the bank has to endure the risk related to its economic activity. My guess is, next time you go to this bank, you'll see more security guards than actual clients. Keep your friends close, keep your doctors closer. Three doctors in Belgium, which identities still remain unknown in a secret trial due to the delicate circumstances of the case, are being accused of carrying out an illegal euthanasia procedure. Euthanasia is legally defined as, quote, intentionally terminating life by someone other than the person concerned at the latter's request, unquote. Let's make things clear. Euthanasia is in fact legal in Belgium since 2002. The issue is that it is considered lawful only under specific and restricted conditions. The Belgium Act on Euthanasia has a long list regarding the conditions and procedures to which professionals have to respect, such as the patient's request is voluntary, well considered and repeated, and the patient must be under constant and unbearable physical or mental pain that cannot be relieved caused by a serious and incurable disorder due to illness or accident. So back to our case. In 2010, a 38-year-old woman decided to end her life through the euthanasia procedure, in which she was assisted by the mentioned doctors, her general practitioner, her psychiatrist, and a doctor who administered the lethal injection. Who is suing again? Her two sisters. They alleged that the act was illegal and should be considered a criminal offense, since their sister had a background of severe psychiatric problems, she was not serious or incurably ill, she had not received psychiatry help for 15 years, was suffering from the stress of a broken relationship and, two months before the act, she was diagnosed with autism. This is the first case ever in Belgium since euthanasia was legalized, which will definitely affect the future regulation and supervision of the act. Could South America be any more agitated? Last week, the Constitutional Court of Peru considered the President's decision to close the Congress, well, constitutional. Let's explain. On September 30, 2019, the President of Peru, Martin Vizcarra, dissolved the Congress based on lack of confidence and called for new legislative elections. This passive-aggressive relationship, to say at least, arose with anti-corruption reforms Vizcarra wanted to implement in Peru. In case you have been alienated, South America has been under a wildfire of corruption. 
If the Congress, dominated by the opposition, failed to deliver a vote of confidence regarding those reforms, he would trigger the constitutional procedure to dissolve the Congress. No one was expecting he would, but he did, and it was so unexpected that, after the Congress was officially closed, the chamber voted to declare the president temporarily suspended, replacing him with the vice president Mercedes Araos, but with no success. Let's see what will happen next. Are these numbers correct? According to Reprieve, a UK human rights organization which provides legal and investigative support to people around the world who are facing executions, rendition, torture, extrajudicial imprisonment and killings, has reported that the year of 2019, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia executed 184 people. Among those were three minors at the time of their alleged crimes. This is the highest number since this group began monitoring executions six years ago, which are all officially announced by the Saudi press agency. Despite the fact that, in 2018, the Crown Prince Muhammad bin Salman mentioned that the government was working on reducing death penalty by limiting the number of capital offenses and introducing alternative punishments. In the first two weeks of 2020, already four executions have occurred. Quoting J.K. Rowling, We're all human, aren't we? Every human life is worth the same and worth saving. For more details about Reprieve Organization, access www.reprieve.org.uk You know the feeling of those endless weeks? India can tell you about it. The Supreme Court of India had quite a busy agenda last week. What happened? Two big cases. The state of Kerala suing India in the Supreme Court due to the alleged discriminatory citizenship law and, second, the Supreme Court ordering the revision of the restrictions in Jammu and Kashmir. Now, let's talk about the Citizenship Amendment Act, known as CAA, which passed the Parliament in December of last year. This bill allows Buddhists, Christians, Hindus and so on, from Afghanistan, Bangladesh and Pakistan, who entered India in or before 2014, to have legal citizenship. Wait, who were not invited to the party? Muslims. Therefore, the state of Kerala wants the Supreme Court to declare this law illegal and unconstitutional. According to Article 14, that forbids any kind of discrimination by the government, and Article 25, which grants the right to freedom of religion. In addition, this bill grants citizenship based on discriminatory criteria, such as religion and country, excluding, and with this discriminating, Muslims, as well as this act fails to protect minorities. 
Now to the Jammu and Kashmir states. You got mail. So the Supreme Court of India issued an order to review the movement, landline, mobile phone and internet restrictions. Why this happened in the first place? Because in August 2019, the government revoked Jammu and Kashmir's autonomous status, due to the fact that these regions have been since forever claimed by India and Pakistan. So the answer seemed to be, let's block their access to the internet so trouble stops multiplying. Newsflash, this is the longest internet clampdown in the history of a democratic country. Why the change of heart then? Because the Supreme Court considers that measure is disproportionate, claimed by editors and journalists. When you restrict a fundamental right such as freedom of movement and communication, you have to present an appropriate justification. Otherwise, it is considered a disproportional measure. When you thought the drama was over, you'll see that the Supreme Court of India has some interesting weeks ahead. That was it! Hope you enjoyed the legal issues of last week. TLT is excited to see you next Monday, always making serious a lot easier.